This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 19th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. For good or ill, India's new prime minister is not yet the reformer he was promised to be. Swami Iyer, a research fellow at the Cato Institute and columnist at the Times of India, evaluates the short tenure of Narendra Modi. Prime Minister Modi had a lot of expectations sort of heaped upon him before his election and and after his election. What has been the result? Uh, I would say he has disappointed both his critics and his admirers. Uh, the critics said, oh my God, he'll be another Hitler, he'll be another King Kong, he's going to be terrible authoritarian fellows, uh, he's going to be terrible for the Muslims and minorities. And in fact, nothing much has happened. Uh, radical reformers thought, ah, he's going to change the whole economic system. He's going to take tough decisions. He's going to liberalize sectors. He's done none of that either. Astonishingly, for a man who was elected on the basis apparently that he, you know, the, he'd bring about a huge amount of change for good or for bad. Uh, his first hundred days have been marked, I would say, above all by continuity, uh, an unwillingness to take any radical steps of any kind. GDP growth had been had been moving along very briskly until fairly recently. Well, it's been decreasing for three years. That is what led to the ouster of the last government. And Modi faces deep structural problems which he cannot overcome overnight. Uh, he is trying to tackle them one by one. Uh, what turned out was that even when you cleared trillions of dollars worth of projects, nothing happened. Nothing happened because there are new laws in regarding to land acquisition, environmental issues, forest issues, tribal issues, which have been jamming up the works. How you Rechange all these things remain to be seen because Modi's own party voted for some of the laws that have created these structural barriers in the last three, four years. So he has a delicate political job of trying to, in some sense, undo part of the problem that he himself has created. And he needs to undo it without appearing to be terribly hypocritical or stupid. Now, uh, what are some of those policies? Fuel subsidies are... Uh consume a huge chunk of, of GDP in India, but what are some of the policies his supporters As far were? as the subsidies are concerned, in the general budget, in the railway budget, he did nothing of courage whatsoever. In fact, he showed some cowardice. Uh, the outgoing Congress government had had an interim rail budget with some increases in fares. So when he said, okay, now I'm in power, I've presented the full rail budget, Obviously, there's always an uproar of saying, oh, how can you increase passenger fares? And he rolled back all the suburban fares, rolled them back on the ground that, you know, Bombay and Maharashtra are going to the elections. So let's not antagonize people. So this looked like the old vote bank politics, the old Congress politics. This does not look like a man of conviction or a man of reform. Uh, so in the general budget, there was nothing uh, of note. Uh, his predecessor, Mr. Vajpayee, had prioritized in a number of industries. The body language and actual language of Modi shows no privatization. Uh, he believes rather in strengthening and making public sector undertakings more efficient rather than privatizing them. So I said, we have not seen that radical change in any area so far. He has said, you know, some little things about a slightly higher share of foreign investment maybe in defense industries, in insurance, and in railway-related equipment. This adds up to some small incremental change. Nothing has actually happened on the ground. When you look at the fine print we found in the past, the idea that guys are dying to rush into India 
if only you allow them a slightly higher equity share, that's not the case. So basically, he needs to improve the climate for domestic production. And once that happens, foreigners will come in. They are not going to come in because of little fiddly changes uh, uh, that, you know, instead of 26%, I can invest up to 49%, which still means you do not have control. What are the reforms that, in the near term, should be adopted to, to one, make uh, India more attractive to investment and thereby uh, hopefully boost GDP as well? The, that area is so large that it's a little difficult to encapsulate it. On the macro fiscal side, you need to bring the fiscal deficit down. There he's been dead lucky. Because the price of oil has fallen very significantly since he came to power, those huge oil subsidies have gone down dramatically without his doing anything. And it appears that they may disappear without his doing anything, in which case it will be a case of, you know, he's changed the whole fiscal structure without lifting a finger. And of course, if the price of oil falls, probably the price of fertilizer will also fall. And that will reduce the fertilizer subsidy. So uh, in some sense, he's been lucky. So the, on fiscally, suddenly things are looking much better. But as to what more should he do, I, said, I would have said he needs to get rid of the oil subsidies. The market may get rid of that for him. Uh, what he needed to do was to change a whole lot of the land acquisition environmental forest laws to produce a better balance between the needs of protection and the needs of production. On that, they have started work. A series of small niggling changes in rules all over the place, dozens and dozens of little changes, those are taking place. So that is the kind of incrementalism for which he achieved success in the state of Gujarat. After all, in Gujarat, he faced the same macro environment as the rest of India. And yet, as a good administrator and making better use of rules, he was able to make it one of the most dynamic states. So it appears that rather than being a radical reformer in terms of policy, he aims through good administration, sensible administration, and incremental changes everywhere to improve the rate of growth, to improve the investment climate, uh, and thus make India a better place to live in. Swami Iyer is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.